It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Right, I've got the phone bill here. Lucy's school friends, three hours. Dan, five gig on mobile games. And who was on the phone to my brother until 3am? Mm, Nigel, I think we need to talk. Get control of your finances. Don't miss the Sun's money-saving series. Five tip-filled pull-outs to help you manage your money. Pick up the Sun today. Welcome back to the last word on Spurs, where we're here to review the 1-1 draw against Middlesbrough at the Riverside in the FA Cup. Delighted to have on this show with me, Lee McQueen, John from the Lily White Rose, and a debutant, I think our youngest ever debut in Hugo, joining us on this show. So really excited to welcome those guys back. Lee, to start with you, not great, although Aurea should have scored a winner. It feels like it's about survival now in terms of the top four fight and for the FA Cup. At least staying involved until Mourinho can find a winning formula that makes success seem more realistic. Defence still a massive issue. What did you make of that game up at the Riverside against Middlesbrough that ended in the 1-1 draw? Deep breath. Here we go. Here we go, listeners. Uh, good evening, lads, and good evening, all the listeners. Um, look, I'm normally Mr. Upbeat. I've got to be honest with you, it was testing watching that today. Uh, I feel for the 600-mile trip uh, that the away fans, uh, our fantastic away fans, actually made there today. 
uh, to go and see what I can only describe as, you know, I don't know, one word, lethargic, dross, uh, backwards, sideways, no idea, no plan, no identity. I mean, let's start the, the shows with me to go on, I don't know. But look, at the end of the day... Anyways, up there, um, Ali. <laughs> I, I know, the, but the, the thing is, it's, you know, sometimes, you know, Look, let me let me go by saying this, right? When when the Premier League first started, for example, back in what nineteen ninety two, Sky had this amazing idea to throw a mic in somebody's face straight after a defeat or straight after a result in terms of a manager or whatever and get the raw emotion. And that's that's ultimately what you're seeing. Now we've got social media to be able to see that from lots of different fans, lots of different people, all that sort of stuff. And actually just to be open and, and raw about it all, God, that guys, girls, that was dross, man. Like not being funny, there was no energy or or excitement or determination to, in that first half whatsoever, um, and it and it was really hard to watch. And do you know what? Um, our very own Jason McGovern, um, one of our own, as you, as you all know, uh, said before. You know, like dross is dross, and I, and I agree with him. But if we're winning. One two nil with a bit of dross in between, that's okay. But we're not. We're still conceding goals. And you mentioned our defence. It's like we're reversing down the motorway. Our defence is like we're reversing down the motorway. We're going so far backwards, it is unbelievable. There's a lot, a lot of work to do. But am I still optimistic? I think I might be. Look, we're still in the FA Cup. We're still in the hat. We're still in the Champions League. And we're still in the hunt for fourth spot. I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying that. But, you know, there's three things that we can fight for. So things, maybe Doreen was right. Things can only get better. Lee, you've got a question here for you. Edwin, it's actually a question from one of our listeners. Edwin says, do we need a sports psychologist to come in and change the mindset of these players since it doesn't look like we're going to buy anyone in January? What do you make of that question? Well, I think it's a brilliant question, Edwin. And, and you know, it's something we, us, us four were just talking off air, weren't we, lads, about, about, you know, the mentality of elite sport. And, you know, we, we haven't won, we haven't kept a clean sheet away from home since Cardiff on New Year's Day 2019. That has to be a mentality problem, doesn't it? You know, it, the same players, you know, when you look at Liverpool, tonight, and I'm sure we'll come on to because that's our next game. When you look at Liverpool tonight, when they're putting out, uh, you know, their under-19s, whatever they played, and they beat Everton, we, we was we were fighting toe-to-toe with Liverpool on May, on June the 1st, sorry, um, in the Champions League final. And it's like we've gone off a cliff. Like I say, it's like we're reversing, right, down the motorway. Everyone else is, 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 is overtaking us. We, we've basically got the same squad as what we had um, you know, when we were fighting uh, for the, for the uh, Premier League, for example, in 16-17. And I think there is a mentality problem there. So Edwin's got a point. Do we, I mean, do we need an Eileen Drury? We all remember Eileen Drury with Glenn Hoddle, you know, all them years ago. Do we need somebody to come in and help us change the mindset? Or simply, Rick, do we just need to get rid of the contract rebels, get rid of people that, that, uh, that are addressing that couldn't give a monkey's? Yeah, we're going to bring those up during this hour. A lot to discuss in this next hour. Hopefully, it's going to be therapy galore with Lee. You always guaranteed that. Also, delighted to have, as we mentioned back on the show, John from Lily White Rose. John, I mean, Jonathan's Woodgate side, Middlesbrough, they thoroughly deserve, I think, that replay and the cash jackpot that comes with that for them. But Mourinho's Tottenham at the moment continuing to play like real passing strangers. The only thing I can take out of that game is the FA Cup dream is still alive, but my God, just, isn't it, John? Yeah, it was a, it was another really disappointing performance, Ricky. To be honest with you, it was a continuation of those poor performances we saw at Norwich and Southampton. It was just like a, a similar level game as that, and the performance put in by by Tottenham Hotspur. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find positives from the game. There are very few, if I'm being honest with you. I thought Giovanni Lo looked good in his uh, cameo in the second half and helped sort of swing the the game in our favour. But 
a more clinical side when they had all that control in the second half would have gone on and won that game. But we just don't seem to have confidence or ability, unfortunately, at the moment to, to go on and actually, you know, we, they, we didn't need that replay. We could have done with that clear week. You know, we've got big games coming up. Uh, and now we're going to be playing a replay likely on the uh, 14th of January uh, against Middlesbrough. It was well deserved for Middlesbrough. Let's not let's not you know say that they, they were a, a good outfit. I believe they were unbeaten in four going into this game. So I'm pleased for for Jonathan Woodgate, Robbie Keane, two Tottenham legends. Obviously, uh, they are building their management career and, and doing a good job at Middlesbrough. Um, but it was a disappointing result. I just felt like the team we put out, which was very strong, a lot of fans would have asked for that team. Uh, I, I was slightly disappointed. A few of the younger players, the likes of Jaffet Tanganga, Troy Parrott, Oliver Skip, maybe Dennis Serkin didn't get that opportunity to, to even get some minutes off the bench today. Um, but, but I feel like our, our senior players let us down. Four in particular I want to highlight. It's just very disappointing for me today. Uh, Jan Vertonghen, obviously he's been a consistent player for Tottenham for a very long time. But at the moment he seems to be just making mistake game after game. Uh, I don't know whether that's a, a lack of pace or poor decision making. Um, but he's just leaving us a little bit open at the moment. I don't blame him when he's out at left back because that's not a position he's played for Tottenham. I know he plays it for Belgium. No, I just thought he was particularly uh, disappointing again. And I put a poll out tonight actually on my Twitter page, just simply asking that with Jan Tongan's contract set to expire on the 30th of January, would you offer him a new contract? And I've had just under 5,000 people vote on that, and nearly 80% are saying no. So, you know, whereas there's all this sentiment for Toby to get a new deal at 29 or 28, 29. Wow, that is interesting, um, John. That, yeah. is, that is big. That is big numbers as well. That is interesting. Yeah, p- people have spoken on this now. You know, obviously you can say, oh, it's a funny time to ask the question straight after another disappointing performance. But it's been a continuing disappointment, you know, disappointment from, from Jan uh, so far this season. We've not really hit the heights. And I don't know if there is something coming with age or maybe it's the contractual situation. Maybe he feels unrelaxed and... Maybe in time he'll pick that up. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the worst of the, of the four I want to highlight. I thought Deli Ali again was poor today. He seems to have retreated back into his shell that he'd come out of. And we're seeing the Deli Ali brother again, um, which is disappointing. You know, he's doing sort of lots of fancy tricks and he was booked for diving. And some people have said, oh, you know, was it harsh to book him? Well, in my opinion, no. Uh, he sort of ran down a line of, of trouble and just went over fairly easily. He doesn't need to be doing that. So I thought the correct decision was was booking him. And then the last two, I thought, thought Sun was poor as well. You know, he'd been out of the side for a long time. I thought he'd come back in with all this energy. And he did start well, but he sort of faded as the game went on and, and, and wasn't really offering us much. And then Ericsson, you know, is he staying? Is he going? We don't know at the moment. There's rumoured bid from Inter Milan, 20 million euros, uh, personally, which I'd take. I think it's good money for a player that's going to obviously go for nothing in six months' time. Um, but again, I thought he was poor today. So, you know, our attacking players and Jan at the back really didn't help the platform of the team. And then when you've got Serge Aurier on the side, I know he got an assist today, but he did about 40 crosses and that was the one or two good ones. Um, I thought he was poor again. So, so Ricky, you know, overall, it was a really disappointing performance. Obviously, we asked Bill in the hat for that draw tomorrow. Um, let's hope we get an easier tie next time. Do I think we'll beat them at home? Yes, I do. Uh, I think that relaxed atmosphere of playing at home Middlesbrough will probably heavily rotate. Obviously, they, they, they want to get into the playoffs now, Middlesbrough, you know, so they're back to go for as well. Um, but yeah, no, it was a disappointing afternoon and I'm just relieved we're still in the competition. Just before I bring Hugo in, John, just want to ask you a question. This is from Joji at THFC who says, why won't we give Parrot minutes or at least loan him out? I feel like he's going to want to leave if he continues to barely play. Yeah, I completely understand that. And I, I understood Jose's comments on Parrot as a separate issue from Skip and Tanganga, whereas Parrot is only just 17. He is still a baby. Uh, I understand that he wants to keep him around the first team and maybe look alone in a couple of years' time. But for Troy to sign that new long-term deal, he's going to want to see some commitment from Tottenham. And that's going to be playing time or, you know, 
um, more opportunities for the first team. So it was a shame he didn't come on today. When we're chasing the game like that, and Reno afterwards has said, oh, we didn't have a, a central striker on the pitch. We'll bring one on then. Do you know what I mean? He only brought on Lamella and the Chelsea. Bring on that central striker that's sitting there on the bench, hungry for game time. We look at his strike partner for Ireland's under-19s, Adam Ida. He got a start for Norwich this weekend. He scored a hat-trick. You know, let's give Troy a chance. Troy's the better player. Let's give him a chance to deliver. Um, hopefully in that home leg, this is the only benefit of us having the home leg, is that the likes of uh, the youngsters, Troy Parrott, Jaffet Tanganga, Oliver Skip, Dennis Serkin, they will get that opportunity in the comfortable environment of the home game to play in amongst our experienced players and hopefully get the job done against Middlesbrough and, and give him some confidence. Delight to also have, as we mentioned on the show, Hugo making his debut, our youngest ever debut at 16. Hugo, I mean, Spurs, as we mentioned, held to that replay, which is going to be in next midweek. That is one less free week on the training ground for Jose Munoz's men, as he had also pinpointed earlier. But Spurs bossed the last 30 minutes, but overall it just wasn't good enough. It was an unwanted replay, more slapdash defending, and no minutes for the younger players. A pretty disappointing outcome overall. How did you see it, Hugo, from your end? I just want to echo what the other two said. You know, lethargic, lazy. Uh, they just the players. Why should we care about this team when they clearly don't care about the badge that they're wearing every week? Like um, the amount of crosses we, the amount of crosses we put in today. We had so I looked up the stat: thirty crosses, three of them were successful. So a one out of ten success rate for crossing today. It's pathetic. There's nothing else to say. We had one good cross, led to the goal. If we had a proper fullback or attacking midfielder who could do that, we'd be scoring goals for fun. But we don't have we don't have the quality, and even if we did, we don't have the mentality in the team. There's, this team doesn't want. I don't care how many players in this team actually care about about it today. Like we haven't won an FA Cup for. 30 years almost. 29 years. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. 29. You, the way we're playing, I mean, I totally agree with you, Hugo. You know, it's nowhere near good enough. I want to ask you a question. Gavin Spurs at Gavin Spurs asked this now. And, you know, he says, have we made the wrong decision by sacking Pochettino? Everything seems broken. Defence, midfield, attacker awful. No one playing well. Football is awful. What's worse is there's a blind mentality from the manager and the club that we are OK and don't need to change these players. What do you make of that question, Hugo? Uh, no, I think we did have to change. Uh, even even now, I mean, under I think Pochettino completely lost it by the end. I think it's not it wasn't his fault completely. I think it's his, his group of players on the on the on the whole. But I think Mourinho is better suited to take us forward. Because I, I mean, we drew to Watford at home, drew to Sheffield United at home, three 0 to Brighton, seven two to Bayern Munich. It, like I mean, there had to be a change. It's unacceptable. Even now, I think we're still a step up and we did get that boost of a couple of games with Jose coming in I think the next two years or so we'll be in a better place because Jose is such an experienced successful manager I think we have a much better chance of actually you know getting some silverware which we desperately need as a club the fans need it the players need it like to improve the mentality I think that's the solution instead of a um, instead of a suggestion earlier we just need a trophy us, and that's got to change. Agree, it's got to change, isn't it? And you, you mentioned it there, and you know, Lee. You know, we all were, we all love Pochettino. We we sacked him for not getting the best out of these group of players, and then everyone unanimously agreed that we all knew the players were the main problem all along. But there still seems to be Lee no indications of the painful rebuild. What he was clearly right about. We clearly do need this rebuild, and it doesn't seem to be anything happening 
at the moment in terms of Spurs and the transfer market, surely we have to make some kind of a start this window. Something has to change, doesn't it? Because these players, it's just not getting any better, is it? No, and I'm not going to go into the Pochino Jose debate. You know, everyone who knows my views on it, listens to the pod or Love Sports Show regularly, they know they, they know my views. And we, and we are where we are. We have got a serial winner in Jose now. Uh, Poch is in the past, whether or not we like it or not. That That is the reality. But I do make him right. Um, I do make a painful rebuild. I, I do make that, you know, it, it is the players. And I think that, that uh, you know, the new manager bounce that Hugo just alluded to under Jose is well and truly over. I mean, you, you know, Hugo, you just listed all of them results under Pochettino, but you can list them the same sorts of results under Mourinho. Uh, a defeat at Southampton, a draw True. away to Norwich. Not Norwich. Norwich hadn't got an away uh, home win. I think they'd won one, two games at home all season. And then they get a draw against Spurs. Uh, admittedly, one of them was against Man City. And then they end up getting... Uh, Southampton hadn't kept a clean sheet at home for about 500 years. And they get a clean sheet against Spurs. I mean, it's classic. It's classic Tottenham. And, and, and I don't want to be classic Tottenham. I want to be Tottenham from the last five, six seasons. You know, top four every year, challenging on, on all different fronts, Champions League finals. Um, so, you know, that, that's that kind of raw emotion coming out of me there, and that, that, that frustration. The, you know, I, I've been, I've said it since day one when we talked about the contract levels, and my stance hasn't changed. If Ericsson signed a new contract tomorrow and stable Tottenham, I'll play him through his bad period because he's a world-class player. But he don't want to stay. So why is he playing? Tell me why that geezer is playing today over Lo Celso. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah, tell, tell, tell me why Jan Vertonghen, everyone's having a go at Jan Vertonghen. I like Jan Vertonghen. I think he's, he could be a potential future coach into our club. I really like the guy. I think he's brilliant. But they haven't given him or offered him a new contract and therefore he's in the wilderness. Let, let me put this into perspective. You'll go to work on a day-to-day basis, but you're a contractor and you don't know whether or not your employee wants you or not. That your employer, they, they might want you, they might not, you know. You, so what, what do you do? Are you genuinely, honestly telling me that your your mind is 150%, sorry, that was an apprentice thing, 100% into the job? Do you get what I mean? Come on, listeners. Yeah, Are you with me here? I, I know. Agree. I mean, it I only takes, only takes, you've got Danny Rose, who's is injured now, and he's coming out in the newspapers, I don't fancy this. Ericsson wants to go. Vertonghen's supposedly doing some funny business with Pochino or Christian's wife or whatever's going on. There's no smoke without fire. And whatever it is, we will never know. But something is affected. You had Trippier, when he left, he said, uh, there's something going on here and da-da-da. And, he, and we was like, ah, you're just a bad loser. You got sold. But now all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but our fans have been looking at it going, well, clearly there's something wrong. World-class stadium, world-class training facilities, world-class, everything is world-class know, people will back an ink, people won't back an ink. Again, that's a whole new debate. But the point being is this squad needs to be reinvested. It absolutely does. What I mean, Sessignon today, right? I'm not having to go at a 19-year-old. I, I think he's brilliant. And I, and I really want him to do well. And I will back him all day long. But he has clearly been coached not to go forward or, or to take Sorry, his man on. Does want to go it's, over it's, the halfway it's, line, Lee. And that's not... It's he looks shy. Yeah, it looks very good. Cool. It's yeah. shy, mate. Yeah. It's, it's so weird because he scored a brilliant goal against Bayern. Like going forward, pinged it, left it. Fantastic. Uh, he should get a load of confidence from that. But yeah, he was he was worried about going over the halfway line. And when he did, he just went backwards. He didn't take on his man once in the first, definitely in the first half an hour. 
and I, and I think he was taken off at half time or whatever, or you know, sixty minutes in. And and I, f- I feel for the lad because you know he's finding his feet still and so on and so forth. It's the same with Eric Dyer. Keep saying he needs time in his legs, time in his legs. He's now got ten matches or nine, eight, nine matches in his legs, and he still looks woeful. And the the, the issue that we've got with the players that we've currently got for me and Hugo, you you alluded to it earlier about a mentality thing and. You know, and John, you mentioned about being a confidence thing. Look, our confidence shot to pieces. And I think all of us know, all of the listeners appreciate that in elite sport, confidence is, I wouldn't say it's everything, but it's probably 90% of stuff. You know, these players have still got talent. Don't get me wrong, they've still got talent. But their confidence is down, the away game thing, you know, no clean sheet, all that sort of stuff. But then when you put on top of that, that energy and desire and determination to do really well, I don't see that either. And then you put into the mix of our lovely cake recipe that we're making, our Victoria Sponge, you've got three or four players that seemingly don't care. Aurier did not celebrate that goal. Now, you, you can all level this at me if you want. Say, yeah, it's because he was determined to get the win. No, he weren't. He just put, he pinged that cross in, the ball went in, he just put his head down and started walking. He had no attempt to put his hands in the air, no attempt to be happy, no attempt to do anything. He didn't go back to get the ball to, to try and win the game. Do you get what I mean? He just... They just don't care. And as a manager, I don't, you know, as a, so I'm trying to get my words out about trying to offend, like trying to offend Jose Muno, who's like clearly one of the best managers ever. But as a manager, surely you see that and think, I'm not having that. But, but nothing's changed. So he must be having it. But what's worrying me also afterwards, there doesn't seem to be anything to kind of indicate we're going to change. That, that's the biggest worry, that even in the press conferences after, there doesn't seem to be any suggestion that there's anything wrong uh, there seems to be a, this kind of this calmness, and that really worries me. That we don't seem to be able to see, or the coaching staff and the that, the board don't that, seem to see the problems that as supporters we're seeing at the moment. That that's my that, biggest that, worry. That could be a comfort, though, from a from an optimistic viewpoint. That could be a comfort. Look, there's no panic. I've only been here five. What I've got oh, to do, or change. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I'm, I know, I know, but I'm just looking at it from a from a from a different viewpoint, right? To get some balance. You know, at the end of the day, all I would say is, and I'm I'm not going to be um, disrespectful to, to my own self. I put on a WhatsApp group earlier. You know, it's obviously not public. I put on a WhatsApp group earlier. Surely this board and this manager. Surely you don't hire Jose Mourinho and think to yourself, we're, we're going to get this a freebie. We're not we're not going to sign anyone. We're not going to give him any money. This guy mm. has never been anywhere and not spent money. So, so I think it's got to be completely naive if Levy is thought. And, and, and actually, what I WhatsApped, and, and you know this, boys, but what I WhatsApped is we've got a world superstar elite manager. We've got a superstar elite agent that manages that manager. And we've got superstar elite network within them two alone across the world with players. Are you telling me we can't go and sign a couple of superstar players? Well, like, I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on. Listen, it's, it's a subject we're going to definitely bring on d- during the show. We are going to promise you, have a, at the end, there's some transfer questions. We're going to bring it on. But just want to discuss that team lineup, John, for a second. Because to be fair to Mourinho, as you mentioned, he named a very strong team. It included Sessing Young, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Winks, Eriksson, Mora, Ali and Son. They all started. Lamella, Lachelso, Parra, all on the bench. Despite Eriksson being linked with his move to Inter Milan, obviously he started the game. And to be fair, we, you know, we could have found ourselves... Early on, 1-0 down, a goal-mouth scramble. We somehow survived it. But, I mean, back to Lee's question earlier, or Lee's statement on Ericsson. John, Stephen McKeever says, Why is Christian Ericsson starting games over GMI Lachelso? Are we simply trying to showcase him for transfer purposes? Thoughts on that, John? 
No, I, I feel like Mourinho feels, not necessarily an opinion myself or Lee have, but Mourinho feels that we need him at the moment. He came on uh, against Brighton and provided the assist. He provided the assist at Wolves, and they were our last two wins. Um, so Mourinho just feels like at the moment, for whatever reason, Lechelso isn't quite up to the standard to be starting games as he's not. And for that reason, Christian Eriksen is continuing to play until he's moved away from the club. He just feels like there isn't a better option. Um, I personally don't hold that view. I feel like if we're going to sign Giovanni Lechelso, let's play him. Um, but but Eriksen has had those you know game changing moments in the last two games we've won against Brighton and Wolves. And one point I just want to bring on to those two Brighton and Wolves games actually is that the last time Davison Sanchez started a game for us was was against Brighton and we won that game two one. And he's now subsequently been benched in the last three games: the two two at Norwich, the one nil defeat at Southampton, and today's one all with Middlesbrough. And I'm slightly confused by this because for me Davison Sanchez had been one of our better players um, for the past sort of four five six weeks. Certainly I agree. Um, so I'm slightly baffled by this new decision to start benching him, uh, especially if you're putting Eric Dyer in the side as one of the back three. I mean, Davidson Sanchez is just a better, a better centre-half and a better footballer, in my opinion, than Eric Dyer. Um, and I find the idea that we've uh, a guy we've spent £42 million on, a guy that I hope is the bedrock of our defence for many years to come. People are quick to forget his first season where he was absolutely excellent and started 31 out of the 38 league games. Um you know, I think this is a player we need to invest in our future in and build a, a defensive unit around. And to suddenly start dropping him, and the results have noticeably tailed off since that win over Brighton, uh, I find that quite strange and I'm, I'm a little confused as to why that is. One positive from the lineup today was Ryan Sessegnon. I mean, I don't think he played very well, but the fact that he started four consecutive games now at 19 uh, shows that Mourinho has put faith in the player. Again, that we invested heavily in, £25 million plus Josh Onema. Um you know, to get him to continuously play games and hopefully build up some rhythm and fitness. And he just needs something good to go for him. It may be that home game against Middlesbrough where he comes out and shines and grabs a couple of goals and then his confidence could go through the roof. And I feel like we've got a real player on our hands there. So he just needs that defining moment. In terms of Sessing Young, he's been given now a regular run of games. I wonder if that's more down to the lack of options he's got rather than wanting to give Sessing Young a real go. But hopefully, as we saw with glimpses at Fulham, he's a good, good player. And let's just hope under Mourinho we can make him into a really top, top player. I mean, just back a second, Hugo, to bring you in there on what John was saying in terms of Sanchez. He's not started the last three games. Nick Flanagan also picked up on that. He says, why is Sanchez not playing? We are far too slow at the back and our build-up play is bloody boring. I mean, Hugo, can you understand Sanchez's absence in the last three games? No. Uh, I mean, Sanchez isn't the best like on-the-ball defender anyway, but... I mean, the way Fatonga's been playing, especially, all the Varold, uh, Dyer. I mean, that back, that back through today was appalling. Like, I don't like to single out players because his entire team was terrible, but that back three, Fatonga especially, awful. And, like, I, I don't understand. I mean, it is a busy period of the year, the festive period. I mean, it's, it's ended now. But surely, at least one of those games, you start Sanchez. He's, he's our best defender, in my opinion, right now. The, the, um, our best defender of the season. And uh, maybe something's happened behind the scenes, I don't know. But it's really strange that three consecutive games you wouldn't play him. I don't, I don't get that at all. I completely agree. It's difficult to understand how Sanchez is not getting in this team. And you mentioned about the shambles of a, of a defence. And Lee, that brings it on nicely to discuss that first goal. Because Ashley Fletcher, he beat the offside trap, run from goal and slotted it past Paolo Gazaniga. Dyer tried playing offside. And failed to do so, Lee. Again, a goal of just you know purely just brainless defending, wasn't it? You got Dyer trying to play up offside, just, never worked, and same result as usual in terms just, of our defending. 
I mean, Johnny uh, Woody uh, was asked after the game about, you know, was it something that they consciously looked at? And he said, well, we know that Tottenham play a high line. Um, so to get in behind uh, was, was part of, you know, what we we're going to try and do. But it was also a gift. Let's be honest, listeners, that is another gift. Gift like in Southampton, the gift that keeps on giving Tottenham's defence. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Why are you trying to play offside? Why don't you just try and get back in behind? It was a pace situation like in, in terms of we didn't have any. Um, you know, we just got rinse for pace. I mean, just why, why hold such a high line if you know that Dyer, you know, is moving a little bit more, should we say, gingerly than what I'm being kind here, than he was a couple of years ago. You know, Vertonghen's lost lost a yard, and and, and Toby has probably never been the fastest in, in in the world anyway. Why play that high line? You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Like you mentioned earlier, Rick, about you know, oh, there's an extra game now, so Jose won't have as much time on the training field. What has he been doing on the training field? That's what I'm questioning. What's his coaching staff been saying to them? What what is he said? Hold this high line, and because we ain't got enough pace to get behind. Don't worry. I mean, Gazaniga, come off your line quicker then. Come on, Jim, your, your box. If you're going to play a high line, play a sweeper. You're like a sweeper goalkeeper. Do you get what I'm saying, listeners? I just, I don't get it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think there's any cohesion. I don't feel like there's a plan. It feels like, you know, it feels like, and I'm not going to say this about myself, it feels like when Jose came in, he, he got, a, we went 3-0 up at West Ham. was like, yeah, here we go. Jose Mino going to win everything. And then obviously we conceded a couple of goals and we conceded a couple of goals. We conceded a couple more goals. Yeah, we were winning matches. But actually, for all of us that thought Jose might come in and park the bus, he's no, he ain't, I don't think there's any bus to park. I think that's what he's found out since he's been there. <laughs> that's the problem. We, what we, 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 haven't, we can't even create a bus with this defence. I mean, good luck to anyone who can. I mean, to, to be fair, Lee, Joe, I don't think any manager, Klopp, Guardiola, they could do any better with that defence. It is literally just, finished, just, isn't it? Just, maybe, but I just think, you know, we, we were crying out for Toby. Uh, well, most, most of us were crying out for Toby to either get on his bike and go back to bloody Ajax or wherever, or sign a new contract. Well, fair play, he signed a new contract. He's come out today or yesterday and said it weren't for the money or whatever. But, you know, the reality is he's there now. So, right, OK. And, and like the boys said, right, Hugh, uh, Hugo and, and John said, build the defence with Davis and Sanchez. And, and, uh, and Toby's now signed a contract. You, you haven't got another goalkeeper. So you, you've got Gazzini there's your solid keeper, say, for example. You've got your two solid centre-backs that are going to play week in, week out with Davison and, and Toby. You've got your amazing midfield uh, uh, up front now, which is, you know, your Deli Ali and your Son and your, you know, and the, and the clear lacking. I mean, he played with Harry Winks today as a, as, as a midfielder. I don't think it was another midfielder, was there? Because Ericsson was here, there and everywhere. Delhi was doing whatever Delhi wanted to do today. So, you know, you know again, it's that central midfield piece. But, but you can't say that it was a central midfield issue for this goal. I mean, again, it was literally losing the ball, ball over the top, 1-0 uh, against Tottenham. And you just think, how many times are going to see that? What are you lot doing on the coaching field? And if, I, if I had the desire to want to get better, I'd stay behind. I'd work on certain things. I'd, I'd make sure that I was eating the right foods, for example, or getting, you know, whatever it might be, just to do it. Doesn't seem like they've got a plan. Doesn't seem like they're interested in doing it. Look, I might be harsh. A lot of it, like I said to you earlier, I don't want to, um, you know, contradict myself. A lot of it is confidence. But my word, I'll tell you what it's like. And again, I said this earlier as well. It's slightly, we've gone backwards to the times when Sir Alex Ferguson used to put the team sheet up uh, in, uh, in, at Man United and go, don't worry, lads, it's Tottenham. We could go 3-0 down here and we'll still win the game. Oh, and lo and behold, uh, yeah, we 3-0 up at half-time, we lose games 5-3 to them. And it's, we've gone soft, the soft underbelly again. There's no, 
it's not about battle of the bridge. I'm not saying getting people's faces and all get aggressive. I'm not saying just that. No it's just, fightly, is there? Like it's just no fight. It's just fight. energy yeah. and determination yeah. to get the job done. Very frustrating. Can feel the passion in your voice at the moment. It is so frustrating. And John, just to discuss, I mean, our goals being conceded at the moment. You know, we've only managed to keep just the one clean sheet in the 12 matches which Jose Mourinho has managed the club so far. In that time, we've conceded 19 goals, which is the most of any top-flight side during this period. Just how alarming... I mean, that is incredible. I know yeah. it's a question to John, but sorry, mate, but that yeah, is incredible yeah. for Jose Mourinho team as well. well. Exactly. I mean, you know, literally... He's, he's lonely. The first thing he does when he comes into a club is that he works on the defence, and that normally is the foundation for the rest of his success. I mean, John, how concerning and alarming is our defence at the moment? How can we fix this, John? Well, we need to spend money is the simple answer. Well, a short-term solution would be bringing Davidson Sanchez back in the lineup, in my opinion, as we just spoke about earlier, Ricky. But actually, long-term, you know, I hear this a lot about, you know, all the teams he's had, he's built these defences. Well, if you look at Chelsea, he obviously had John Terry there already. He did bring in William um, Carvalho, who was, uh, uh, Ricardo Carvalho, pardon me, who was a top centre-half Portuguese international. Uh, Real Madrid, he had the likes of Pepe, uh, Rafael Varane. Um, so he's always had fantastic centre-halves and brought them in immediately. This is a transfer window now. We need to bring in somebody. Uh, but I actually think the full-backs are the, are the bigger issue than the centre-halves, if I'm being totally honest with you, because I still think Toby Ardabiri, Sanchez, Jan Batongan uh, are all good centre-backs. Uh, they're just lacking form and confidence at the moment. It's the full-backs, you know, we're, we're continuously playing Vorier game after game and it's just not good enough. I made this point clear on a pod we did with myself, you and um, Jamie last week. You know, it's time for Aurier to, to go. He's never delivered for Tottenham. £23 million. Pounds, I'm not seeing it. Um, so I, I'd love him to be moved on. Um, obviously, Mourinho's got no faith whatsoever in Carl Walker-Peters. Again, he didn't make the squad today. Um, so I'd expect him to be heading out on loan shortly or or maybe even a permanent departure for him because he's just not getting a look in whatsoever. Uh, and then at left-back, Rose has been completely outed. Hopefully, you know, they're making some progress to, to uh, you know, move him on. Um and I know he said he wants to stay till 2021, but money talks. If he's not going to go anywhere and it gets to the 31st of Jan and he hasn't gone, then let's just pay him up. You know, we're a big enough club to do that. We can just pay someone up if they're not going to leave. And especially if he's not going to play, then he's just adding negative energy around the training ground. Um, you know, you don't want characters like that about. It's unfortunate it's come to this with Danny Rose, but it has. Uh, the constant media interviews have worn down the, the goodwill he had with the club and the supporters, in my opinion, uh, certainly in my case. Um, so we, we need new fullbacks, and I've seen some links with uh, Max Aaron's today again uh, from Alan Nixon. He's quite a reliable journalist, especially when it comes to championship stories. Uh, apparently, Nathan Ferguson at West Brom is looking at a move abroad. Uh, West Brom will be kicking themselves because then they'll only get the 300,000 uh, compensation. Um, but that leaves us with uh, Max Aaron's at Norwich. Now, he's a progressive young fullback. I believe he's 19 years of age. Uh, I think that would be a very good signing. And he'd be another one where, like Sessegnon, I'd like him just to come into the team and keep playing until he played himself into form. Let's just get him and let's get him starting games because he's an exciting attacking fullback. But then that also needs Mourinho to allow him to attack. Uh, Lee made a great point earlier that Sessegnon just wasn't crossing the halfway line. That's obviously under strict instructions because Ryan Sessegnon is an attacking fullback or an attacking left winger. He's got a lot of goals in the championship. Um, so he's obviously got that natural ability to go forward, take it past people, shoot and score. Let's not deny our, our fullbacks that. Look how well Leicester are doing. That comes from attacking, exciting fullbacks. So we really need to get that uh, avenue to our game. Um, I feel like centre half, you know, yes, I would like another centre half, but for now, it's the fullbacks where we really, really need strengthening in this window. I would love us to sign a left back. Um, 
you know, who's an attainable left back? Leicester aren't going to sell off Ben I'd Chilwell. I'd love to sign anyone, John. I'd like to sign anyone at the moment. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, oh, yeah, I'm so sick of this squad. Would, but, but, so sick but, of this squad. But who, who's going to be that man? You know, we're trying to think who we could get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, on, on that subject, you know, we, we await to see. But Hugo, before we go for a quick break, just want to get your thoughts on Eric Dyer because he was recalled to the team. He started as part of a back three instead of his usual holding role in the midfield. He tried to play, as we mentioned, offside for Fletcher's goal and it proved quite costly. Listen, first time you've been on the show, Hugo, what do you think of Eric Dyer? Is he good enough now for this Spurs side or has actually been no. part of this Tottenham squad? Never. He never has been. I, I've never rated Eric Dyer. I, people like to see, oh, he's got versatility. Oh, he can play right back. He can play centre back. He's he's awful in all those positions. He He's really slow. He's not a great pass to the ball. I don't know. I don't know what. What do people see in this guy? Because he made a good couple of hacks against Chelsea in the Battle of the Bridge. Well, what's Mourinho seen in then? Do you reckon? Because obviously... he speaks Portuguese. That's it. He speaks Portuguese. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think he's good enough. I think we need to sell him. Uh, like obviously in the long term, not like it's getting rid of him now, but he certainly shouldn't be starting like regularly. I don't think he's good enough. I'm, I've never, I've never rated him. How much is it alarming? I say to John about that stat there in terms of the most goals we've conceded in terms of the top flight since Mourinho took charge. I mean, how how a lot? How worried are you by this at the moment in terms of the way we are defending as a team? Um, I'm not worried by the manager. I'm more worried by the players. I think. Well, obviously we know all know about Jose's defensive capabilities, but I think he just needs the players to do it with. I mean, these. I just think a mo free. Uh, three quarters of our defence are finished. Both our fullbacks position, fullback positions are awful. I think we need a new centre back to go with Sanchez in the long term. Uh, and we need two fullbacks immediately. I just don't think it's good enough. Jose can't. No one can work anything with that defence right now. So we just need to buy two. I think we need to buy two defenders in this window. If I'm honest. From your mouth, Hugo, to God's ears, I, I hope we get those defenders in. I hope we maybe get. I hope we find a midfield part for Ndombele as well when he's back. Go on, Lee. Sorry. For sure. Rick, sorry, just to interact with you there mm. and, and, yeah. and going on points that Hugo, both Hugo and, and John made um, in terms of fullbacks. I completely agree. And, you know, I, I'm going to take you back to my very first show ever on the pod. Um, uh, it was a couple of years back, wasn't it now, Rick? And, and, and I said to you about Carl Walker. And I said at the time, like, I'm totally biased with Carl Walker, by the way, because I, he was my favourite player. Um, and I said to him, I said to you uh, guys at the time, that that's going to hurt us. That That's going to hurt us in, in the next few years. That's going to hurt us. And, you said that and would always be the hardest thing to sort out. You said that. Yeah, you said that because, you were consistent. Yeah. Uh, 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 and, and the thing is about, it's not about, oh, Lee being right or whatever, but the thing is, we've never, I mean, Trippier did step up. He had some really good, you know, let's not think all the way about the negative. He was brilliant sometimes. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, this this guy playing for Spurs regularly was was good. Got him in the England squad, become brilliant, scored a uh, free, free kick in the semi-final against Croatia and woke up. Like, this guy, this guy got to really good heights, you know, and he's not having a bad season and Atletico, by all accounts. But we've never really had that, that, that full-back situation since we had the Walker and the Rose of whenever it was, 2016, 2017. We never really had that since. And that's what's been hurting us. The way, the very essence of the way we play... Let's all just quickly reminisce. The way we play, 4-2-3-1, our full-backs bombing on, leaving the, um, the, the, the holding midfield, whether it's a Wanyama or an Eric Dyer, to drop in to make a three 
when we've got our fullbacks bombing forward, yeah? And then fullbacks make that creativity, they spread that play, they make the pitch really, really wide and allows the runners from midfield, the likes of Son or the likes of Deli Alley, um, Eric Lamella, whoever it might be, Kane, to, to go and score goals. When you look at today and some of them set plays or some of them plays when we got the ball and we were going on the uh, counter-attack, for example, there was people in the box, one white shirt, maybe maybe two you know, and there was five or six or seven red shirts. And and the point being is because our pace is so slow and it's so, so lethargic and it's not really a counter-attack in some instances. Look at Burnley under Jose Mourinho, literally only, what, four weeks ago, absolutely ripped him apart, you know, on the counter-attack. We were fast, we were pacey, we started like a train, scored early, seven, eight minutes in, scored two within 11 minutes, absolute crazy train. Here we go, up, blew them apart. That is how Tottenham have to play. Not because our fans demand it, not because I'm sitting here saying that we need to play. It's because that's how we are the best that we can be. That is the best that we play when we're in that mood. And we are so much in the low energy, lethargic, full, slow pace, walking pace mood. So much. That's why we're letting in goals. That's why we're drawing games. That's why we're losing games. That, I know that's my opinion, but do, do you agree? That That is the key area. And that's why the fullbacks are key. If it was me, regardless of if they come or not, let's start the debate. Who cares? Put a poll out if you want. We should be going to sign Madison, Ben Chilwell, Ricardo Pereira, what, what they've built there at Leicester. And again, go back and check the archives on Love Sport. We were talking about this a year ago. The best place you can go and raid, if, if you wanted to raid anywhere, would have been Leicester City. Proven Premier League quality people that can come in and, and drive your side forward straight away. Not going to buy somebody that you don't know that's going to take six months, a year, year and a half to get into uh, Tungon Dembele, 63 million. Absolutely love the guy. He's going to be world class, but he's going to take 18 months to settle into the Premier League. Well, we ain't got 18 months. We need somebody that's going to come and get, get that involved now. Are you with me, listeners? Are you with me, Rick? I this is what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. Go out, go out, stick some money down and go and buy some players that is going to refresh the squad and actually, over the period of 512 days that we didn't sign anyone, it averages itself out. We've got world-class absolutely everything apart from the playing staff. Some of the playing staff are not fit to wear the shirts. So get them out and get some new ones in. At least saying, I think what we all feel... Get them out and get some players in that want to be here now. Taking us into the break, I'm delighted to say we've got Anna from Spurs XY back on this show. And unfortunately, it's been just as bad a day for the men as it has been for the women. And Anna will be sharing all that with us. And when we come back, we will be discussing Delhi's brother, Ericsson's future, Lamella's spark, the Chelsea's introduction. And as Lee mentions there, this rebuild and where it is going do not go anywhere. We are going to be back after this very short break. The last word on Spurs team are predominantly based in the UK, but we like watching the club from all different corners of the world, which used to be a problem for some of us because they don't always show the games in the countries we're staying in. But this season, we've discovered an amazing trick that lets us watch every Premier League game live for a fraction of the normal cost. It's called ExpressVPN, and here is how it works. The Premier League offers the Premier League Pass, which lets you stream games online. But if you live in the US or Canada, it doesn't let you watch all of them. Some games are blacked out. So what do you do? You can fire up ExpressVPN and use it to change your location to a different country. 
buy and use the Premier League pass from there and boom. No blackouts and depending on which country you're in, the Premier League pass could cost you less than just £15 a month for the whole year. ExpressVPN works on your computer, phone, router and consoles like the Amazon Fire Stick. So you can watch all the games from any device. Even when I'm not watching Spurs, I have ExpressVPN on 24-7 because it also encrypts all my data, keeping it safe from hackers. Enjoy all of the 1,230 games of the Premier League in HD with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Call to action. You can use our special link to get three months free at expressvpn.com slash spurs. After which you can sign up for the Premier League pass at a huge discount. That's express.com slash spurs for three months free with a one year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash spurs to learn more. Jeff and Andy were two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors and started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip, a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and travel blade cover. Get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for just £3.95. Support the podcast and go and get your trial set delivered to you today, which of course includes a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover. That's right, you can get all that by going to simply www.harrys.com forward slash spurs right now. That's harrys.com forward slash spurs and enjoy the product. Come on, you Spurs. From the widest landscape on the highest mountains to the smallest parking space on the tightest school run. With Jeep Renegade, legendary adventures come neatly packed. For as little as £255 a month plus a single initial payment of £255. Jeep Renegade. Legends aren't born, they're made. Visit jeep.co.uk. Personal contract hire. Offer available in the Jeep Renegade Night Eagle range. 48 months, 6,000 miles per annum. Valid until 310320. Subject to availability, T's and C's apply. Leases. That's it, I'm not doing anything this month. No just one drink drinks, no eating at that new steak restaurant place, no new amazing trainers that... Wait, what? I've got an extra 20% off. And loads of offers at my favourite shops and restaurants every month. Okay, well, you'd almost be rude not to. January does only come once a year, right? Yes, January, I'm doing this. Join the American Express card members who saved over £10 million last year with exclusive offers in their Amex app. Search why Amex. Enrolment required. Terms apply. New drama based on true events. My dad phoned and he said that my sister had gone berserk and that she got hold of a gun. Your sister... Your parents, the boys, they're all gone. Do you really believe Sheila was capable of doing something like that? If it wasn't her. Jeremy, he almost seems glad. I want to tell you what really happened that night at White House Farm. New drama, White House Farm. Watch now on ITV Hub. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women's segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. 
Well, it's been a while. I do apologize for that. So let's start off with a quick roundup on the results from December, uh, or at least the last two results. The last game we had in the Barclays WSL was against Reading away, and unfortunately we lost 3-1. And before that, we had a League Cup game, the Continental League Cup game at home against Lewes, which we won 6-0, and um, Angela Addison getting a hat-trick there. So those were the last two results. And since then, we were on our winter break because the women have a little break um, mid December to early January and today we faced Manchester City at home at the Hive in Barclays WSL. Now going into the game City are second in the table as things stand or they did before the uh, game kicked off I believe they're still second. Anyway the point being that I didn't have high expectations for the game in terms of winning it. My only expectation or the only hopes I had were that I wanted us to do well. Uh, even if we were to lose the game, I'd wanted us to just perform and give it our best, give it our all and take it as a learning opportunity as the majority of this season is meant to be. There are certain games that we should be winning and certain teams we should be beating. And there are certain games that we just have to take as a learning opportunity. And, and Manchester City is one of them. There are four really tough teams in the uh, league, I'd say. City, United, Chelsea and Arsenal. They're only full of internationals. This team obviously full of England internationals as well. So realistically, that's all I wanted to do is just to sit back, um, enjoy some football from their side as well, actually, because to be honest, in the end of the day, this result was um, 4-1 to City. Uh, but let me walk you through it because it's a it's not your normal 4-1. Because we kicked off and we conceded within two minutes and then we conceded within four minutes. So it was 2-0 in within five minutes and uh, things were looking a bit shaky. And to be honest, it wasn't just... City were brilliant, don't get me wrong. Um, they were very clinical with their finishing. Their passing was excellent, but also our positioning wasn't good. We let them cross the ball too many times. We stood off from them. We didn't close them down. So we had a lot of defensive errors. So I hope we learn from that. Um, there are a lot of things to take away from this game. So our positioning and uh, our energy levels. And as I said, just closing them down. A lot, Three of their goals came from our left. So that's something to note. Only one of the goals came from the right. Um, and I think they kind of mirrored the position they scored from. They're not, they weren't identical goals, but the positions they scored from seemed very similar. So that's something to look into. But... Then uh, we got a little bit of foothold in the first half, uh, had a couple chances, or we tried. We had a bit more of the ball. I think that was one of the problems we had is that we just kept giving the ball away. We did the hard stuff where we tackled and we got the ball, uh, but we just lost possession in the next pass. So, uh, But then Rihanna Dean burst, in, burst forward and she burst into the box where she was fouled inside the area and the referee ordered a pen. She stepped up herself to take it and she scored making it 2-1 at the time, which was brilliant because it was much-needed momentum we needed after, as I said, conceding those two early goals. It was really what we needed. Unfortunately, though, we did uh, concede another goal in the first half, so it made it, actually, <laughs> we conceded two more, making it 3-1 and then 4-1. So overall, the half was disappointing. It had good elements in it, but... Uh, it wasn't that all that good. We didn't really have a focal point. We kept paying out from the back, but that just invited more pressure because City were more than happy to uh, put pressure on us. And then they were quite tactical and like they're really good players, so they could pass it around a lot better. Uh, in the second half, we brought on two substitutions at half time. Lucy Quinn came on and our new signing or loanee signing from Arsenal, um, Emma came on as well on the left. Uh, I think this helped a lot because, as I said, most of their goals came from our left. And I think bringing Emma on helped a lot to solidify a little bit more the defence. So she came on for Siri as a left back. 
And uh, Lucy was good because she's quite strong in midfield. So she would be um, floating around up front as well and causing some trouble. I like Lucy. I think she's a really good player as well. So I think the second half uh, didn't change the scoreline. Uh, we had a couple of chances. They had a couple of chances. To be fair, Becky Spencer made a lot of saves. So if I had to appoint a Spurs player of the match, that would definitely be Becky Spencer. Although Rihanna Dean gets a shout for the goal, creating the pen and then scoring it. But I think if it wasn't for Becky Spencer, the, the scoreline wouldn't be as um, respectful. So going back to the second half, I think obviously City lowered their energy levels a bit. I think they stood off a bit. They didn't put as much pressure on us. They didn't have to. I think the game was pretty much done and dusted by that point. But, you know, we grew into it a bit more. We passed it around a bit better. We didn't stand off them so much. We put a lot more pressure on them. I think we showed a lot of fight. And to be honest, that's all I wanted from this game. I, I wanted us to not go into our shells the minute we concede a goal, but to go and fight up against them and to learn from international players like Hewton and White. So, I was really impressed overall in the end. I think we grew into the game and that's a positive to take away from it. Next cup, next game is another home game against uh, West Ham this time. So that is at the Hive next week in the Barclays WSL. So if you've got a chance to go there, then go for that. Uh, other than that, we've got a couple away games and midweek games coming up So and some clashes with the men's game. So it wasn't really... I looked at it and it's going to be hard to go to a couple games. But anyway, I encourage you to go to the West Ham game if you can. But other than that, that was pretty much it from me. As I said, I was just... I was just pleased, I think, with the overall performance. We just have to take it as a learning curve, and that's what this season's been about. Uh, I think we'll, you know, end the season mid-table and then go on from there with um, a couple more signings, hopefully, and a different pre-season, and we'll go into next season a lot more stronger. So, anyway, that was it from me. I hope you enjoyed this little segment, and hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Listen, we try and keep these shows positive, but I tell you what, after watching that Borough game, it's very hard to find positives with this Tottenham team at the moment, so please do allow us to vent, uh, which we've done in the last half an hour or so. And thank you if you're still with us for the second half of this show. And, John, I want to say it's going to get better, but I'm not too sure because we're going to discuss Deli Alley next. Because in that game, you know, he made a good couple of runs into the box towards the end of that first half, but he couldn't divert Orius Cross into the net. After that, he was booked for diving before the halftime whistle. You know, he was excellent in Mourinho's first few games, but since then, he's been far from his best, especially over the festive period. What's gone wrong? Why have we got Delhi's brother here, John? Yeah, he's been on holiday, mate. We've got the brother again. He's on. Uh, he's got his annual leave for a quest in. The last time we saw <laughs> Delhi Ali was, was Brighton at home. What has happened, that John? Winner. Well, can you put your fingers to why, yeah. John? What's the lack of form about? Can you understand it? I can't put my finger on it, Ricky, because he was excellent, as you said, in those first few games. And even, you know, Brighton on Boxing Day, he was really, really good. But the last three games in particular, he has been horrifically bad. I mean, these flicks and tricks that just break down play and don't go to anybody. And we're just suddenly back under the cosh because he's not holding up the ball. Um, you know, he's going down a lot. He, you know, it's just poor. Um, and, you know, I feel like he maybe has got a bit too comfortable too quickly. I feel like Mourinho came out straight away and said, look, Harry Kane is my number nine and you know Deli Ali's my number 10. Well, if the performances aren't doing anything, he shouldn't be in the team. And the last three performances, Southampton, Norwich, and then today, he doesn't deserve to be in the team. He's been very, very poor. Today, he offered us nothing going forward. He picked up a shameless yellow card for diving, in my opinion. Um, you know, and he just wasn't a threat. And he's wasting a space that could be used by the likes of Eric Lamella or 
or Giovanni Lucelso, who both came off the bench today. Hugo read a lot of questions in on Delhi Alley, so yeah. many, and it's actually the points that John picked up there. Anthony Mathet says, you know, Delhi slows us down so much going forward. He's constantly trying his stupid little flicks and even diving. Why doesn't he get benched more? The future is bright, says. Why is Delhi's brother back playing after that one game? Spurs signed someone in January. I totally agree with that one. He says, what's happened to Delhi Alley? He's been really off pace, and he's going back to the overcomplicated every move by trying a piece of skill, Delhi Alley. I mean, Hugo, can you put your finger as to what has happened to Delhi's form? Because as you mentioned, over the Christmas period, it's just simply tailed off. What's happened to his game, do you reckon? Uh, I think maybe it's fitness. Um, I mean, the amount of games over the Christmas period, we were thinking three weeks ago, oh, like, Delhi's back to his best, uh, back to what he was two years ago. But has he started every game over the Christmas periods, I think? Like, Norwich, Brighton, Southampton... Did he start Wolves? I assume he did. I mean, he's a regular start in Jose's team. I think it probably... I mean, it's not a massive excuse. Something else is different. There's other factors, but maybe fitness is one of them because I just don't understand how he can go from such a brilliant player one week and then the next week, after two games, he looks back to what he was just before Jose joined. I just... I just don't get it. Also, another question here, Hugo. This is from LD at Uncorrupted Soul. It says, what benefit do we get from having right-footed players like Deli and Mora playing on the left? And then you have a left-footed player like Lamella playing on the right. It seems that we miss opportunities to put in early crosses because of the inevitable check-back. Bar Son, who is able to cross with his left foot. What do you think of that? I mean, we don't even like... They just seem all nervous to go, to go on the weak foot to put in a cross. Like, either we go back it's so lethargic, especially to say we just went back to Ericsson, who should just pass back to the centre-backs anyway. Or we put out Aurea or Sessegnon for crossing, but um, they weren't any good either. I just... They just all seem really shy. Like, Sessegnon especially, is so shy. He doesn't want to take anyone on. Uh, like, everyone just seems really nervous and I don't re- it doesn't really make any sense. It should be, like, six weeks into a new manager's reign, should be, like, really up for it and, like, ready to go. But... Most of these players just seem like they don't care, which is like really frustrating as a, as a fan. Like I just don't get it. I disagree with the lads a little bit on this. Um, I, I'm a massive Delhi fan. I think he has to. Part of his game is to do to try the tricks and flicks because because actually he's, he is that player. And sometimes when they don't come off, it's very frustrating because you kind of think, why didn't you just do the simple pass? But if he always did the simple pass, he wouldn't be the player that we've all known to love. You know, the youngest player to hit. 50 goals in the Premier League, for, you know, and better than Gerard and Lampard and all them things. So you have to bring some balance to that. And, and I think I, I think the lads have hit it nail on the head. I think it might be a fitness thing. But let, let's just take you on a quick journey, right? If, if everybody, if you've got a graph in front of you and everybody's at 100%, it only takes, at elite level, only takes 2% of that level to drop because of fitness. Then it might take 1% of that level to drop because of confidence. And then it might be, which is the reason why I think Delhi's struggling at the moment, because of frustration. So it might take 5% of that, that performance down because of frustration. And then, it, you know, and when it adds up, all of a sudden, he's only at 90%, or he's only at 91%. Do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? So, you know, it's a series of little things that actually end up ha- having a big impact on the game. If you think about Delhi's best position and where he was plugged right in at the top of the pitch, right behind Harry Kane since Jose came there, scoring goals, scoring assists, running the game, happy days, unbelievable goal against Man United, even though we were woeful that day. He was probably the standout player. Where did he play today? He didn't play right up top, right up behind Sonny, you know, as a, as a number nine. 
because Sonny wasn't really playing as a number nine. So his position changed today and actually he was dropping quite back deep. If you think about his worst performances under even in the Potticino era, where was he? Deep in central midfield. And he was getting really frustrated. So that's why he was doing a lot of the flicks and tricks. And I am sticking up for him because he's, he's one of my favourite players. I think the minute you take off them flicks and tricks and that shine off Delhi, you probably, you don't lose five, eight, ten percent, you probably lose 25, 30 percent and he becomes a completely different player. You're playing a team that was really compact that every single time, go and have a look at the highlights, watch it again if you can if you can put yourself through it. And and actually the how many you know, the borough, credit to borough, they defended really well and they compacted that penalty area and there was no room for him to run in behind. There was no one controlling that midfield to ping balls. When you got Christian Eriksen who, you know, completed what I can't remember, you put a stat out earlier or something like that. He, he Eight of his ten was, of his passes, only two of them. Well, Ericsson, it was it was actually thirteen attempted crosses from Ericsson, and not one of them found a Spurs player. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so the uh, the reality is when Belly's making them later runs, or he's he's in there and he's he's moving around, and and uh, your most creative player, uh, supposedly on the pitch, is not in any Tottenham player with any of his crosses or any of his balls in. You are going to get frustrated. So again, I think I, I'm I'm sticking up for him because I I think that. You know, we talked earlier about Davidson Sanchez and building teams around the likes of. Deli Ali is another one. You know, he is the core. He's the guy that's on a six-year contract. He's, he's, a, he's a massive talent. He can be absolute world-class. And you can't chastise him. Well, you can. It's everyone's opinion. But you can't, you know, in my opinion, I don't think he should be chastised for today's performance when actually he's been the one that showed huge amounts of determination and desire since Jose's got it. One player who did get Spurs back into that game and saved Spurs to some degree, John, was Lucas Moura. He absolutely buried his header following Sergio's excellent cross. That equaliser came from one of the through balls from Giovanni Lachelso, which left a lot of the Borough players out of position. What did you make of Lachelso's introduction? Because I thought Johnny looked very busy when he came on. Do you think that he gives Tottenham another dimension, cutting him from the right and looking for runners that maybe we don't have when he's not on the field? Yeah, definitely. I feel like he, he had something different to the team, and I, ju- I just. As always with Giovanni Lichelso, I feel like he has these bright cameos and then he doesn't start the next game. So it's really hard for him to build up any confidence and momentum because he's limited to substitute appearances. I mean, I go back to that game against Brighton on Boxing Day. We were losing at half-time. He came on and he gave a really good sort of 35-minute cameo. Uh, and everyone's asking for him to continuously start games and it just hasn't happened for him for whatever reason. Um, but I do feel like he's a good asset to the club. I do hope we take that option to sign him permanently in January um, you know with Christian Eriksen going I hope we, we build our attacking talents around uh, uh, Deli Ali and also Giovanni Michelsa I feel like there is a really good player there he scored a lot of goals in La Liga last year which is not easy to do um, and, and you know in, including big games against the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona he also scored so he's a very very talented player I feel like he's another one that when he settles we're going to have a real player on our hands like Tangley and Dombele as Lee said earlier, he may need that 18 months to, to settle, but we need some players that are going to hit the ground running now. And I feel like the more games we give these summer signings, uh, the quicker they're going to get to delivering results for Tottenham on a consistent and regular basis. John, do you think with Lachelso, do you think that it's almost like he's having a pre-season at the moment? You know, he come into the club really late. It was I can't remember, it was probably a Levy deadline day signing, was it, or the day before, yeah. or something like that. Then then he, he wasn't that fit against the Premier League. Then he got injured as well. Do you, do you think that he's kind of 
not that not that anyone's managing him as a pre-season, but do you think he's almost in a pre-season type mode, which is why he's getting in cameos? Because I completely agree with your analysis on him. I think he looks good. I think he can be very, very good. I think he's clearly a natural replacement, in my opinion, for Christian Eriksen. But the game time suggests to me that he's not quite ready. Do, do, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I completely get what you agree. My only, my only concern, obviously, he's had the injury, which sort of defeats a little bit of what I'm going to say now. But I feel like we've had him now for, you know, we're now in January. He signed in uh, August. So he's had a, a bit of time to, you know, acclimatise and, and, and get himself up to, to the fitness levels he needs to be. I know he had that injury and that dovetailed it a little bit. But, you know, I feel like now he needs to to, to, to be starting games. Um, and maybe that Middlesbrough yeah, home I game agree. Is, a I agree. is a good opportunity, the Middlesbrough home game, for him to start a game. Uh, it's going to come up. So here's, a question. so here's a question then, John. Do you, do you think he will start against Middlesbrough at home? Do you think he will start against Liverpool, for example? It's like, because if he needs game time, and again, I, I totally agree with you, but if he needs game time, then he, he needs to be given game time, don't he? So just start the fella and get involved. Yeah, completely. I mean, we've seen that obsession on now. He's starting him. Let's keep starting when fit, and Dombele and the Chelsea as well, because these are players we invested in heavily over the summer. We spent over 100 million on the free players. People say we never spend any money and Levy doesn't spend any money. Well, he did in the summer. We bought free players. Let's play them. They're all very good players. They're all very highly regarded and they were all wanted by many top clubs. And in the case of uh, Endombele and, and Le Celso, certainly, it was seen as a real coup that Tottenham Hotspur got them. And that was from being in the Champions League. That was from playing in the final last year. We had that clout to go out and get these top players. And, you know, they've been unlucky for a, a variety of different reasons, injuries being one. I don't think Chelsea will start against Liverpool, but I do feel like he'll definitely start against Middlesbrough. Um, you know, and that'll be a good opportunity for him to build up some confidence. But would I like him to start against Liverpool? I'm not sure. I feel like I would love Ndombele to be back fit and, and start in that game because we're going into the Liverpool game without Kane, without Ndombele, without Sanchez. It already feels like a tough art. Just to bring you in on this, Hugo, in terms of Jumai Lachoso's introduction in the game, and he gives Spurs more of a cutting edge in that final third after coming on shortly after Fletcher's opener as he played in Oria to tee up Lucas. But it was another good showing from the bench from the Argentinian. Do you like what you see at the moment from him, Hugo? Oh, yeah. Um, I think he did more, right, with fruit balls, stuff like that, in the first 10 minutes. I and mean, Ericsson did the entire game. I don't want to single Ericsson out because obviously the entire team was poor, but I feel like. I agree. Like this also seems like a fit replacement for Ericsson. I mean, we we paid what fifteen million for Lacelso just for the season, like a loan fee. So I don't see why we wouldn't pay thirty-five million, whatever it is right now, just to buy him because he's what twenty-three. Are you gutted he Scott, hasn't started back, Hugo? For you, are you upset he hasn't started more um, games? Uh, I think he should be starting more, but we can just like I think he's a settle. I don't think. He's one of those players who's like settled straight away. Give him time. I don't think he should be a starter, right? Maybe he should start with Ericsson now, but I don't think like over the last couple of months he should have been starting every game anyway. I think now he's proved himself a little bit. He's impressed me with his performance. I think he's impressed quite a lot of people. Yeah, I think he should be starting now. But I didn't mind that he wasn't starting every game beforehand, if that makes sense. I see where you're coming from. I mean, like I think we've said all the time, he, may, he maybe needs a run of games to really find his best form. And another guy that I thought he made quite a positive introduction, I think Hugo was a little bit on the fence when I brought this up to him before we started this show, was Eric Lamella. I mean, Hugo, for you, did you not think we saw a little bit of a spark when he came on? No, I agree I saw like a spark, but like when you say a spark, it kind of like, it 
um, kind of, I thought like a spot kind of means like a nine out of ten, like yeah. changes the game. Sort I, of maybe I'm looking at it I mean, based on this, based on the team yeah, being out there. The maybe anyone would yeah. give a spot more than what that. Because Lamella dropped like a six out of ten, and everyone else dropped a zero. So, <laughs> um, no, I thought Lamella does what he usually does. He got, he gets stuck in, he works hard, but I mean, yeah, I thought it was a decent performance from him. He can't. I mean, yeah, decent. I mean, not like amazing, but. Better than all the other attacking midfielders on the pitch, even Lucas. Will he Son be a Jose hit... player, do you reckon? If I ask you, Hugh, in a year's time, will Lamella still be here under Mourinho? Well, like, uh, Jose Schell, sorry, like that sort of thing. Like, yeah, he's, he gets <laughs> he gets, he gets um, stuck in those tackles and that sort of thing. But um, I heard rumours that he might be sold, like, in the summer or something like that. I mean, I don't know, it's a tricky one. I don't think he'd be a starter for us, but I think, I think he still has worth, like, a squad player. I mean, he's been here a while as well. Um, no, I think Jose will keep him, but he won't start him. I think the problem with Lamella is when, when you look at, and we've talked about this a lot in the past, when you look at the horrific injury that he had and the rehab he had to go through, and you watch some of the videos, and he puts it into context, it's not just about elite sport, it's also about being a human being and all that sort of stuff. When you put that, you kind of feel a bit like, oh, you know, Lamella, we should keep him. But, but that aside, and then just going a bit more ruthless, the guy's not good enough. Like, it's, it's, it's simple as that. He, he started the season really well, got injured. Guess what happened last season? Started it really well, got injured. The guy's just injured all the time. And it's not his fault. And I'm not having a go at him personally for that. But the reality is, he's always injured. And when he comes back, he runs around, his head turns one way, his legs go another way. He's got loads of talent and he, he, he scores random, you know, random goals. He, he never scores top, top goals. He never gives, you know, top assists all of the time. You know, he's just, you know, gives away silly yellow cards. He's just, he's just not good enough. And the, and, the, and the thing is, yeah, he's all right for a squad player, right? It's easy for us to say. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. And I, and I agree, he's all right for a squad player. But what message is that sending out to the rest of the team, to the rest of the players, to the rest of the squad, that, that actually it's okay to be okay? But that is not a Jose Mourinho mentality, is it, Rick? It's no, not and, okay to be okay. It's it difficult. has to be. You look at the players he's got there, Lee. I, I totally agree with you. You look at the players he's got, though, and I, 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 you know, he's coming to this job where we know he admired a lot of these players from afar, and there's a lot of attacking players there that are good enough. And I'm not suggesting for one minute that Eric Lamella is good enough long term for Tottenham, but in terms of someone having an impact on the game, I look at the end of it, John. There for me, you know, Lamella, he played on a plate the winner for Sergio only for him to wildly slash the ball over the bar. Now, when you look at Lamella's introduction in that game, he could have well had a hand in, in the winning goal. I'm not for one second suggesting he's good enough, Lamella, but I think he'd be one of those players that I'd want to see at the moment based on some of the other attackers and how we're playing as a unit. Yeah, personally, I'd rather keep Lamella in the squad at the moment. I think there's, there's far bigger issues to deal with. Uh, he sort of comes in for a lot of criticism. He's injured a lot, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you need a squad of players. You can't have the same 11 players playing every week. You do need a squad. We're involved in four competitions at the start of the season. We're now in three. Uh, so Lamella's time and place will come as long as he can keep up his fitness. But long term, I probably would move him on. But in the short term, I don't see a need to, to sell Eric Lamella. At the Bank of Antandek, they've created Stan, a smart bot that can predict the future of remortgaging. I read Stan. Will my mortgage rate go up? 1955 was the last time Newcastle won the cup. No, I try not to mumble. Playing. Let's get ready to rumble. Oh. Oh. Meanwhile, at Santander, they can't predict your future, but they'll help secure it with great mortgage rates fixed for up to 10 years. See what's possible at Santander. Early repayment charges apply. Lending subject to status and criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. 
On a TUI tour, our English-speaking local guides will take you off the tourist trail. They won't just help you find the perfect souvenir, they'll show you how to make it. Choose from over 70 unforgettable tours worldwide. From tranquil temples in India to sunrise safaris in South Africa, on a TUI tour, we cross the T's, dot the I's and put you in the middle. Book now and enjoy up to £200 off per booking. Booking T's and C's and minimum spend applies. Selected holidays only. At all protected. At the Bank of Antandek, they've created Stan, a smart bot that can predict the future of remortgaging. I read Stan. Will my mortgage rate go up? 1955 was the last time Newcastle won the cup. No, I'm, try not to mumble. Playing. Let's get ready to rumble. Oh. Oh. Meanwhile, at Santander, they can't predict your future, but they'll help secure it with great mortgage rates fixed for up to 10 years. See what's possible at Santander. Early repayment charges apply. Lending subject to status and criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. So I think what we've established by this hour we've done is that the squad is in need of a major overhaul. Mark Woods also agrees, isn't it time for the overhaul potter that we needed, that we actually now go ahead and do that overhaul? He says we need a minimum of three to four guaranteed starters to be bought in this window. Now, it's clear, chaps, there is a big, big job ahead for Jose Mourinho at the club. But, I mean, his comments are... That ain't going to happen, That is not yeah, going to happen. How can it not happen, chaps? When you're looking at that team, you know how can that not happen? You look at what he said because... after the game. You know he says, "Of course we're in trouble with so many injuries." But I took here the players that are available, and my biggest concern is after he said the boys did what they can. You cannot transform Lucas or Son into a number nine at Harry Kane. Now I'm not suggesting I want Mourinho to come out in the press and start demanding players, but he must know the squad he's got at the moment is nowhere near good enough for Tottenham to be competing for the Champions League or be competing for the Premier League, it needs an overhaul. When you're saying it's not going to happen, well, what's the point of getting Mourinho? What's the point of having the training ground? What's the point of having a stadium if we're not going to invest in the squad? Yeah, that's I think we'll, that's I think why we'll it's so frustrating. One, I think we'll buy one starter, but three or four, really, with this... Has this board ever invested three or four starters, especially in January, where we're notorious for doing pretty much nothing in January, like... The one notable signing we've ever made we, in January. We, we did once. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. We did once. There was a, uh, when Redknapp first came Under in. A, when we were struggling for... Signed, when we nearly got relegated, off. John. We got... Yeah, we we got Defoe, Defoe, Defoe Keane. Keen. So there was a window yeah. we did do that. Yeah. We so, also brought in Louis Sahar and bloody Ryan... <laughs> Ryan Nelson. When we were pushing for the title. By the way, they were starters. They were starters, by the way. They both started then. Do we all agree... I mean, it seems like we all agree then across the board here that we do need required investment to take this club forward. I mean, as we know, Pochettino said it before he went. There, We kept mentioning about the cycle of these players coming towards an end. You do feel that the board, for what they spent to brought Mourinho here and to get rid of Pochettino, if they're not going to give him the tools to do the job, then what's the point of getting Mourinho, John? Surely just, they've got to do it, haven't they? Yeah, in my opinion, they, they do need to invest now. This has gone on long enough. And in hiring Mourinho in the first place, is a complete shift of anything we've ever done under Levy before. We sacked a coach yeah. that was, in my opinion, our greatest coach in the modern era. We paid him a huge sum to get rid of him. And then yeah. we've hired Mourinho on double the money, which is unheard of. Um, so unless this is just some sort of vanity project by Daniel Levy to keep Tottenham in the limelight whilst, you know, we're not doing as well, or whilst the Amazon documentary is going on, I don't know. But um, I, I do feel like they're going to have to back him in this window. Uh, and I am hopeful that we sign both a right back and a top quality centre-half in this, in this window now. Lee, we're not a show that is normally known for bleating on about the board every week and about the lack of investment, but just how important is it now with the coach that we've got in charge and where us as fans want to see this club go 
that money has to be spent during this window, during the summer, to put Tottenham back on track where you said earlier, where their club need to be, challenging for the Premier League, looking for yeah. more Champions League finals. How important is that to happen? It's huge. And uh, you know, the thing is, right, no, no one can come on here and tell me that the board haven't invested in this club. I'm not having it. No one. No, all of you and ink out people out there that listen to me, call me a happy clap or whatever. You cannot tell me that an ink haven't invested into this football club. We have got the best stadium in the world, right? So full stop, move on to the next sentence. But where we have to get better is investing in the playing staff. The recruitment has to get better. Now, somebody says to me, uh, Pochina absolutely wants Tunga Ndombele. He is going to be unbelievable. It is his number one target. So the board give him 63 million, goes and gets Tunga Ndombele. Somebody says to me, lots of people say to me, or you know, the rumours are, Pochina absolutely wants Lo Celso. So the board turn around to him and go, here you go, is 15 million on loan with an option to buy at 60 million or whatever it is. Is Lo Celso. And they also tell me that, you know, you know, 30 million for the Ryan system, he's been looking at him for 18 months. We want him, he's in. So to a certain degree, the board have started to do that. And I absolutely agree with you, Rick. You, you don't sell, or John, I think you made the point, you don't sell our best manager in modern era. Um, uh, sack, sorry, you don't sack our best uh, manager in modern era and then replace him, double the money with Joe Samina, and then go to Joe Sack. By the way, mate, there's no money. It doesn't make sense. Jose always goes and spends money. Whether it works, yes or no, but the reality is he spent, like, what, £450 million at United. He ain't going to rock up at Spurs and spend £0. I don't think that equation works. No, so I, I think that's a, po- that, so that's a positive, right? So I'm looking at it as a positive. So there must be a plan. But that's what I'm worried about. Pot said it a few times. What's the plan? Where are we going here? What's the deal here? We've seen it time and time again with football clubs, with with businesses, with you know, with tennis, with 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 uh, other sports, cricket, rugby. If you don't have a direction of where you're going, how do you get there? What is your goal here? If your goal is always short term goals, how are you ever going to me- measure how well you've done? It's always, oh, yeah, you know, game by game or whatever. You've got to have some sort of stake in the ground to go, come on, let's aim for this. This is where we're going. And that's where you entice players. That's where your recruitment gets really good. And I can't give the um, the, the individual credit because I can't remember their name, so forgive me. But somebody on Twitter said this. They basically said... It's our recruitment, our scouting recruitment is poor. You mentioned Sergio earlier, John. What has he offered us? Twenty-three million reject from PSG. You know, you know, we've brought these these guys in that have done a job, but they haven't been moved. That they haven't done the best possible job or the recruitment of these players. We seem to go to the French leagues quite a lot to find the, these talents. And, and actually, when was the last time we brought in talent? Look at Ndidi. Like, I'm not just saying this, but look at Ndidi. How, how has he filled the boots of Kante? But they did because their recruitment was good. Ben Chilwell come through there. Ricardo Pereira, where was he? Madison from Norwich. So he brought, you know, he's like a Deli Alley to us. So we have done it well in the past. We need to get back to the point where we're looking at these positions and saying, look, if Max Aarons, and I think he's, you know, he's a good player ball accounts, but if Max Aarons is good, then great. But, you know, what about going all out and buying somebody that you know as a right back, as a left back, as a central holding midfielder or, 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 or another number nine, whatever. Go out and make this happen. Because that's what we need. And that's what's so frustrating is that it's the the lack of the the plan of, right, okay, we need these positions filled. Let's go after it. Now, if they've got a plan, then great. But we don't know about it. And that's why it's frustrating. 
how many times did we hear the word philosophy, the five-year plan, this is where we're going, this is what we do. When we get in a new stadium, we've got money to spend, da, 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 it's ring-fenced. With this money's ring-fenced over. Now's the time, boys. Yeah, board, Tottenham Hotspur, people. It's the time to invest in the club. Chris, one of our own, Cowling, said at the beginning of the season, this is the time, we're Champions League finalists. People want to come to us and we didn't go that extra mile. And then all of a sudden, we've sacked our best ever manager in modern times. We've got this serial winner in. You cannot sit there and tell me that he's got no money. Yet all three of us, or sorry, all four of us, Rick, when you when you mentioned it at the beginning, you go, oh, we need three or four players or the, uh, you know, the question coming, all said unanimously, well, that ain't going to happen. Because we just know that it's not going to happen. I just don't see how the club are going to progress and why would Mourinho stay here if he doesn't feel that way? I mean, Hugo, I've got to ask you a question. This is from Brown Man Shining who says, who's the one player realistically that can come in and get us back on track if there was one? I think it needs more than one, doesn't it? I think you need two or three. Well, here's the problem. That's why I go back to why everyone said this isn't going to happen. Because it's not just the number of players. I, I never think we'll spend, we'll um, buy four starters um, in this current market in January, it's also our recruitment. I mean, look at our record like signings over the years. Like um, Soldado, thirty million; Sissoko, thirty million; Lamella, thirty million. Um, like Aurier cost twenty-three million. We are we are worse at big name signings, and we are um, smaller signings. Like Fatongan cost ten million. Ordovar cost what under fifteen. Ericsson cost eight million. Ali cost five million. That sort of thing. But now, like. As like the markets progress, I just think we have to risk it. There's more like an uh, an urge to buy these high high name players, these like um, well known players, because we're like we've progressed like as a club in terms of stature, that sort of thing. Um, if you get what I mean, I'm just worried that we won't spend, even if we do have the money required for a massive rebuild. I'm just worried that we won't have the recruitment necessary to buy the right players for us. Well, I guess time will only tell, because we could be having this debate for another hour or so, and to be fair, it doesn't mean we're going to do any business at all. You, yeah. you are the transfer guru, uh, right? You, you and, and one of our own, Jamie, as well. You know, I want to get your views on this. I know that you want players to come in, but, mm. but generally, you know, what we're lacking, clear as day, in my opinion, and a lot of my, my buddies, you guys, the listeners, uh, we all agree, we are lacking energy, enthusiasm, determination, grit, young, fresh, grit. Fight. Come, let's go and have a go and Agreed. attack. You look at Leicester City, they're a prime example of taking three, three and a half years. To, I mean, they went through utter travesty. They won the Premier League uh, against all odds, classic against Tottenham as well. We ended up finished third, couldn't make it up, could you? But, but then they went through absolute tragedy with their, uh, with their owner and, you know, the, and, the, and the crash and all that went with that. But it's taken three, three and a half years in f- for them to rebuild. And they've got a manager in that, that, that has got a philosophy. They've got a plan. They know what they're going to do. They know the style of play they're going to play. They've got the energy and enthusiasm. And, you know, against maybe the better teams, the Liverpools and the Man City, they do lose games. You know, and they went three games uh, without a win over the Christmas period. But then they bounce back and they've, and, and they've accumulated some stuff up. And I still think that they will drop off. I still think that they won't be a clear-cut third in the Premier League or as it is their second, forgive me. But I still don't think they're finishing the top three in the Premier League, personally. But the point being is they've got They've got something to. You've got something to go with and to and to hold on to and to. This is my club and I'm proud. And it's the same under Poch when Poch first coming in. He's changing the philosophy and had the five year plan and we're moving into. This was epic and maybe part of that process is giving us fans 
false hope or bigger expectations. You know, Hugo, you mentioned uh, Hugo earlier, and he's, he's the youngest guest that we've had on the show. And you know, you've only known the good times, Hugo, almost. I know we haven't won trophies during that time, but actually a Champions yeah. League and attacking football and all the stuff that we've had. And and, and I just, I, I want to, if we're going to go and get beat 1-0 or 2-0 or 2-1 or whatever it might be, I want to go and have a go. I want to go fighting. I want to go play, playing not good football. And, and and we're just not getting that. And I'm not just I'm not saying that's Jose's fault. It is the club collectively. I don't think we know where we're going in, in the next five years. The last five years, we knew exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to be a Champions League club in the new stadium. Well, we've done all of that and actually gone beyond that. Now we don't know where we're going. And and that's an issue because you lose the identity of the football club. And that's the biggest issue. It is where we're going to go. How are you going to get your better recruitment? How are you going to entice players to come for you if you don't know where you're going? You can't get people to join you on the crazy train if you don't know where you're driving to. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's like I have a fear of stagnation almost. Like we don't have a like you said, we're like we don't have a direction. Like we have two teams in England right now, Liverpool and Manchester City. We're like so far ahead of everyone else. How are we gonna catch up to that? Because a couple of years ago we we're changing for the league title. I don't see us changing for the league title in the next five years. Do you? With these two teams, like Manchester City. I mean, oh, they haven't had the greatest season this year, but they're surely gonna reinvest in their squads. Liverpool have a squad that's set for the next five years. I don't see how we're going to catch up to these two. Like, so we're just like in this, in this like, where we've been for the last five years, like Champions League contenders, uh, that sort of thing, top four, and then we'll just maybe a cup run. We'll leave it at that, that sort of thing, which is worrying because we can't. You don't want, you need ambition, but I don't know how you can't really say oh, realistically we're going to chance for the title in the next three years because we won't. That's just the truth. Well, the reality is, chaps, we're going to know towards the end of this January window just where Tottenham do want to be. Because I think if they are going to invest, then they need to invest heavily. And I've always spoken about the January window being a risk, but I think the club do need to give us some invigoration as fans that we are going to be going in the right direction. Do you direction. think they will, Rick? Do you think they will? I you want a transfer, man. No, I, I, think we'll, think I think we'll see maybe one or two if most. I wouldn't expect to see any more than that, but I think it's also key to start moving players out that don't want to be here. It's not just the players in, the three or four. If we get one and two, but we get four or five out, I think that would be a good window. But but we need to shift them out. You know, and in keep playing, Christian Eriksen, it's just blowing my mind emoji. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, what? why do you keep playing that guy? And unless all of a sudden he's going to sign a new contract, he shouldn't be near the first team and he needs to go. Sorry to, to, to hog the, uh, the airwaves tonight, but my word, I'm so frustrated because there's so much talent in this team. I'm so passionate about Tottenham doing well and I just don't want us to be the laughing stock as, as, as we have been in the past. You know, we've got this brilliant stadium and all the great stuff that's been going on over the last five years and all of a sudden we're going to flush it down the toilet. Well, that's the worry, isn't it, Lee? That we all know the situation needs to change and we hope it does. Listen, Lee, thank you for coming back on. Always a pleasure. Thank you for the passion. Thank you for the therapy. Oh, Cheers, fellas. Thanks what, for having me. Thanks, listeners. What does this club do to us, eh? And John, thank you so much for coming back on. Really appreciate it. No worries at all, Ricky, mate. Uh, hopefully, look, we've got a big game coming up against Liverpool. Let's hope we can do something in that game because by God do we need to lift spirits in this club at the moment. And hopefully, as Lee just said, I think it's just as important this window to move people on as it is to bring people in. Yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah, Let's try and keep this positive. Come on, you Spurs. I agree. Keeping it positive, I think we've got to say, one of our best debuts we've had on this show for a very, very long time. Age of 16, Hugo, thank you for coming on. Been an absolute pleasure, and I hope we can get you back on sometime soon again. You've been brilliant. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, to end on a positive note, uh, because I've been a bit negative <laughs> the last hour. Um, <laughs> we might lose on <laughs> next week, but look, we're still in the Champions League, still in the FA Cup, still in the top four race. The season's not dead. Let's just see how it goes. There you go. Look, Hugo ending it on a positive after an hour of expletives from us all. Guys, we are back this Thursday on Love Sport Radio looking ahead to that game against Liverpool. And yo, I've got such a crazy feeling that Jose Mourinho, he does seem to get big results. Nothing would surprise me with Tottenham the way it's been this season. Enjoy the show. And as always, come on, you Spurs, please. New drama based on true events. My dad phoned her. And he said that my sister had gone berserk and that she got hold of a gun. Your sister, your parents, the boys, they're all gone. Do you really believe Sheila was capable of doing something like that? If it wasn't her. Jeremy, he almost seems glad. I want to tell you what really happened that night at White House Farm. New drama, White House Farm. Watch now on ITV Hub. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.